Hello and welcome to the Fitness for Sport podcast by Athletic Strength UK. This is your host, Connor Stewart. Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Fitness for Sport podcast. I'm really hoping you're loving the content so far from all the feedback, all the downloads that I've seen. Uh, I can only assume that you are. Thank you for all of those who have given feedback, sent messages regarding the podcast. Uh, really thankful for all of you. I'm really glad you're all enjoying it so far. If there's anything you want me to cover in particular, please just let me know and I will get on it no problem. So for this episode, I thought I would go through the easiest way to get strong and the easiest way you can therefore increase your competition performance. Now, this method is easy in practice but not in effort in effort getting strong is hard like do not get me wrong on that you should always be putting a hundred percent effort into your training no matter what type of training you're doing but this method certainly helps you along the way so what is this method that i'm talking about and why is it so easy so the method is simply called progressive overload and it is definitely the easiest way that you can increase your numbers in the gym and usually when you can increase your numbers in the gym you can get a good performance benefit on the field on the track on the court whatever sport you play usually it's going to be highly beneficial for you so progressive overload is simply sticking an extra half a kilo, one kilo, one and a half kilos or whatever that is in pounds if you're listening in America on the bar each session. If you're new to the gym then this is absolute gold because you're going to see some great results really really quickly and you're going to be able to make these improvements quickly because you're untrained and lifting is a unique stimulus for you. When you include or when you introduce a new stimulus into your system so by system I mean body it's going to adapt very fast because it has to adapt fast because if it ultimately if it doesn't adapt then you know if we go back to fight or flight you know the how we were as cavemen or whatever if we don't adapt to our surroundings and we don't adapt to new stimulus quickly then we ultimately get left behind your muscles and central nervous system are going to adapt to training very quickly it's like having a new fresh tube of tube ugh, excuse me it's like having a new fresh tube of toothpaste now how easy is it to get some toothpaste out of a fresh tube all you've got, you only have to squeeze it anywhere. You can squeeze it at the top, at the bottom, you're going to get some toothpaste out. It's a bit like that when you're new to training. You can use, you know, really simple basic methods with progressive overload and you're going to see results time and time again. But as you train harder and as you adapt more to training, it's going to be like the tube of toothpaste gets emptier and emptier. And as it gets more empty, to get something out of it, you start to rolling it up at the bottom. Maybe you cut the end off and um, wipe your toothbrush in the tube or something. And it's the analogy is the same in training. You've got to do everything you can as you increase your training age, as you keep seeing results, as you get more experience in the gym. In order to keep seeing results, you need to do 
more and more sort of quote-unquote extreme methods. They're not really extreme. I'll call them advanced. Extreme was a bad word. We'll call them advanced methods to keep seeing results. When you are new to training for a while after, progressive overload will probably be your best tool to increase your strength. The best way that I can um, sort of put this to you is the story of my love, Croton. Now, I've heard this story before and I've done a bit of a Google search on this. Now, I'm not sure if strength coaches have made this up or where it's really come from. I can't really find a decent contemporary source on this myth legend whatever but Milo of Croton was a real person he was a very successful Olympian back when uh, the Greeks had their Olympiads he won wrestling throwing all sorts multiple what would be gold medals and the legend quote-unquote goes which I am pretty sure that has been made up, is that Milo Croton trained for the Olympiad by carrying a baby bull on his back each day for four years. And as the bull got a little bit heavier, and as it grew each day, Milo's body adapted to the small changes, and he kept increasing his strength. He would increase his muscle mass, he would increase his power, and that is exactly what progressive overload is so imagine if he's carrying the ball one day and it's weighing 50 kilos but because it's such a young ball and it's growing in three days it might weigh 51 kilos and it's the same when you add 0.5 kilos or one kilo to the bar it's like the ball growing a little bit each day and a little bit every couple of days your body adapts to the gradual increase in the mass of the object. Your muscles will hypertrophy, your tendons will stiffen, and you'll be able to recruit more muscle fibers at once. If you're just doing the same weight with the same reps in the same sort of ranges all the time, you aren't really going to see any improvement because your nervous system is going to become accommodated to this type of training. It's just going to accept that this is your norm and when something is your norm nothing is going to change you need to be looking for those unique stimuluses which you can adapt to and then your muscles can keep training or can keep adapting to your central nervous system can keep adapting to that's why things like uh, blood flow restriction training is really popular at the moment because it's such a unique stimulus to the muscle it brings in such metabolic stress that you get really good pumps you get really good hypertrophy benefit and most of that is because it's such a unique stimulus if you did that all the time eventually you're not going to see any more results because your body is just going to get used to it so what if you're not new to the gym though? What if you've been training for maybe four, five, six plus years and you're really struggling to get that extra five kilos on your deadlift? You're really struggling to get that extra one inch on your vertical jump to decrease your 30 meter time by that little margin. There are several advanced methods that you can use when progressive overload isn't quite working now like i said before progressive overload can or is probably the best method to use really for quite a long time certainly 
six plus years of training if you are if you've adapted quickly then again it can be four five plus but when i'm talking about these other advanced methods you can still use progressive overload on top of these it just you just might not see the quick results that you saw last time so the first method i would use or i would encourage you all to use if you're starting to plateau in the gym is to accentuate specific parts of the muscle action to overload the movement so let's talk about the squat everyone everyone knows the back squat front squat whatever type of squat you want to use you know bilateral lower body strength is important no matter what sport you're in so i think as a sort of blanket exercise we'll talk about the squat so choose whatever type of squat you want and then let's say let's say you've got a 1.75 times body weight back squat so if you weigh 100 kilos you're going to be squatting 175 for about three reps or maybe one rep what however you're measuring measuring it something like that and you're really wanting to get up to that 1.8 maybe even 1.9 standard what can you do so you can start um, you can start using specific parts of the muscle action so emphasizing the eccentric action the isometric action and the concentric action of the movement now notice how i don't say contraction because when something contracts it gets shorter so an eccentric contraction is a bit of a misnomer because something can't contract if it gets longer it's how the muscle acts so the eccentric action the isometric action the concentric action of any movement is really easy to emphasize and it's really easy to overload so you can get into a bit of a rabbit hole like with anything to do with increasing your strength when it comes down to these muscle actions what i would say is if you are really interested in how emphasizing the muscle actions can help with performance i would say go read the triphasic training manual by cal Dietz. that is is probably one of the best strength books that you can read and it it follows his method so go and give that a read free plug for you there so i would always start with the eccentric portion of the movement the eccentric portion of any pushing movement is going to be the first movement with any pulling movement the eccentric is going to be the third portion of the movement so it just flips so talking about the back squat you can use two different methods so you can use the same weight but just increase the tempo so you can go four five six seconds down and then explode up and you can use that for reps of say five to twelve if you're going those higher rep ranges so twelve you are probably going to want to decrease the volume a bit because the the muscle damage and the metabolic accumulation is going to be quite high and there is a chance that you're going to that you you will have bad doms afterwards so if you are so if you are wanting to avoid having loads of doms then i would say 
just lower the volume if you're going to use emphasis eccentric and high reps if you're going to use eccentric emphasis and say lower reps and more intensity i wouldn't go less than five reps i think five reps is probably the threshold anything below and your central nervous system is just going to go a bit haywire i think your uh, receptors in your muscles and tendons are just going to fail your lift because the weight will be the weight will be too much without sort of any help so the reason you want to focus on the eccentric portion is that you can number one you are stronger in the eccentric part of the movement so you can potentially handle more weight the second reason is that you will activate more muscle fibers in series so as you descend in the movement you're going to be able to recruit more muscle fibers to control your body and control your weight and you also get good uh, tendon adaptations and uh, which helps stabilize your joints and things like that so that is the eccentric portion of the movement so oh sorry so going back to the two different types so the second method would be to use to use more weight with spotters so the way this would work is say you let's say we're going for six reps on a back squat with a four second eccentric let's say for example's sake that that would be a hundred kilos for you what you might do is you might put 110 kilos on the bar, go four seconds down, and then with the help of two spotters, so it does take some manpower or girl power for this. Um, so you're going to have to recruit your mates. You're going to have to get your mates down the gym with you. But as you go down for four seconds, they are then going to help you up. So again, you are really stressing the eccentric part of the movement the better able you are to decelerate yourself and to decelerate an object then the better able you are to then re-accelerate from that position because it's less relative stress on the body now going through to then the isometric action there are two types of isometric action you can use there is the isometric intended to stop and the isometric intended to move so the isometric intended to stop would be if you were if you were performing a back squat and say you went one second down and a four second hold at the bottom that is an isometric intended to stop and that allows you to optimize your amortization phase so your amortization phase is that little bit of time between when you are decelerating in the squat so you're going down and then before you then re-accelerate up if you can optimize that time and if you can improve that period then you can see good results in the squat because you are then able to pop up from your sticking point a bit better usually everyone's sticking point is at the bottom of the squat so if you can train in that range and you can train for that then you can improve and you can you know see good results now an isometric intended to move is a bit more complicated it requires setting up the safety rails in the squat rack at the 
at the joint height of the bottom of your squat. Now that sounds complicated, so again, it's going to take you know maybe a friend or two to help you with this. But what I want you to do is go when you get into a squat rack, just squat down onto what would be the bottom of your squat, whether you go ass to grass or whether you go 90 degrees, it doesn't really matter. Just make note of where that is and pop the safety bars a little like one notch one or two notches higher than your shoulders you're then going to put the or you're going to help you're going to get someone to help you put the bar on your back and you're going to squat up into the rack trying to rip the rack out of the ground now this different type of isometric again it's going to help with that amortization phase but it's really going to help your uh, tendon stiffness tendon tendon strength increasing your type 2 muscle fibers and it's also a really good way to load joints and load muscles which you're potentially having some issues with maybe uh, you've got hip pain or you get a bit of knee pain when you squat using these types of movements these intending to move isometrics takes a lot of stress off of the joint and off of the muscle because it's not a dynamic movement yet you can still get some really good results out of it and then so finally the concentric action of the muscle what you would do is you would probably put the safety rails a little bit a little bit higher than what is at the bottom of your squat put the bar on top of the rails load up the bar and you just want to explode up and drop back down onto the rails you really don't want to have any eccentric or isometric element you just want to get under that bar and explode up through it if you if you want to jump then i would say go for it but if we're specifically talking about improving the back squat then you want to set up as you would under the bar and just drive through it usually with the if you are just focusing on the concentric action you can move a little bit more weight because you've not got the eccentric and isometric stress so it is a good opportunity to have a bit of fun and put a bit more weight on the bar than you usually would do anyway uh, the third method or the second advanced method would be to manipulate the range of motion so with a back squat it's generally easiest to decrease the range of motion so you might squat onto a box uh, but you would increase the weight on the bar so you're really accentuating a specific range of motion which you might be struggling in whether that's the top of the squat or at the bottom of the squat and you are overloading that part of the movement but you're doing it in a safe and effective way you can also increase your range of motion now for squatting this is a bit tricky because there's sort of safety issues and joint limitations and things but if we're talking say about a good example of this would be say split squats so you can put both so you can have a plate under your front foot and your back foot and so when you touch your knee to the floor that is an increased range of what you're used to and using things like that so elevating yourself in ways that you can 
increase the joint rate the effective joint range that you would be working in is a really good way to uh, emphasize range of motion and utilize range of motion to help you get strong now what's the best way to manipulate these into your program how do you put them in well i don't think there's really a correct answer for that i think you'd have to experiment yourself find out what works for you going back to the muscle action i would say go through eccentric isometric and then concentric phases do two weeks on both the reason being is that that's the order that would be in for your for sporting actions and the exercises that you're using you know not many even though with pulling exercises so things like chin-ups you're going to be doing the concentric bit first when it comes to sport performance and when it comes to sporting actions 99% of the movements that you're going to be doing are going to start with a eccentric action so improving the eccentric action first is going to and then going through isometric and then going through concentric is going to be a lot uh, more beneficial in trying to get that transfer to competition and that transfer to performance when it comes to programming in increased range of motion i think where this is best is where you have potential movement issues so if you really struggle with getting to say 90 degrees on a squat whether that is a joint mobility thing or a confidence thing using a box that will be able to get your joints to 90 degrees so you your thighs are parallel to the floor can really help you improve because it's going to give you that confidence that you can get that low and that you can then spring back up from it what you don't want to be doing when you're decreasing range of motion is sort of using it as a crutch so you don't want to be going down sitting on the box waiting on the box and then going back up the box is only there as an external factor so you want to be going down just touching the box and then exploding back up if you're spending any sort of time on the box if you're relaxing onto the box then that's when it sort of becomes detrimental and you're not going to be able to really um, get a lot out of it because you're losing all the important bits of the movement so when it comes specifically to programming in i would say just have a have a play around with it and just see what works i don't know you know i don't know your specific scenario i don't know which part of the season you're in i don't know your sort of injury history so i can't i won't be able to give you specific examples but what i would say is going through sort of three to four week blocks of accentuating accentuating i think i've said it so much i can't even say it anymore really focusing on one point of the movement and then going back to the normal movement assessing it reassessing it trying a different range of motion that's where the real sort of art of the programming comes in where you can 
try something, go back to the movement and say, okay, I've not really got any stronger doing that. Let's see if doing this can help. And then you can work out the best plan for you because you are your best coach. So work out what's best for you and work out what um, what you like to do and what works for your body and don't be afraid to try new things you know just because I've said sort of these three or four things on this podcast if you want to try something different then absolutely go for it um nothing's stopping you and I would never discourage that so it is all down to you and it's all down to what you want so I'm going to leave it there today I really hope you enjoyed this podcast the fitness for sport podcast is now on apple it's now on itunes so don't forget to leave a five star review and some feedback if you listen to it on spotify give it a download no matter what if you listen to it on itunes give it a download and make sure you subscribe make sure you spread the word make sure you share it with a friend i think there's you know, there's really good potential to get loads of unseen athletes together, training better and just really upping the standard of athletic development and um, training standards for amateur athletes, the unseen athletes. You all know the drill. Listening to this, you are one of the unseen athletes. So I'm glad you're here. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I shall listen or I shall speak to you next time, I should say.